This video is sponsored by Manscaped. Hello and welcome over to the channel. Hey, I'm I'm on vacation right now or holiday. However you guys want to look at it. Depends on where you're at in the country or actually not country, but world. You guys say it very much so differently. I'm currently looking out this window and there's a beach out there in an ocean. But I promise you I'm going to do videos every single day over the Ukrainian conflict. I know this is still a great environment. And yes, I'm currently sitting on the edge of a bed. This is not my normal backdrop, my normal area. But if you're new to the channel, do yourself a favor and subscribe. You don't want to miss out on these videos. We're still doing them every single day. I brought everything with me. So this is my maps. I'm going to pull, pull it up for you guys. Red, Russia, blue, Ukraine. Super simple. There's been a lot going on over the last 24 hours. Russia stated that they were going to move out of Ukraine and all this mumbo jumbo that I, I believe we, we, well, I believe that we probably shouldn't believe. Hopefully it makes a little bit of sense. So we're going to start this video off today with uh, some good footage, some great footage that is actually showing you how professional the Russian military is. And uh, just go ahead and show you guys this one. And yes, you did not, uh, you were not wrong. That was a truck full of mines that they apparently just put them back. It, it was the equivalent of putting them back in a, a protos truck here in America. And they filled it up with mines, they opened it up, and they just spilled out everywhere. So way to go, Russians. You guys are doing a phenomenal job. Russia's also now stated that they do not see any breakthrough in the Ukrainian peace proposals. This was happened, oh, excuse me, this happened about 24 hours ago. And, well, I, I, I pretty much called it. I, I said this in yesterday's episode. Do not trust them when it comes to these peace talks. There's a lot of things we're going to talk about when it comes to that as well. So Kremlin spokesman actually stated that they hadn't noticed anything really promising inside of the proposal that came from Ukraine. The plan included a 15-year constitutional period on the status of Crimea, but apparently the Kremlin spokesman stated that it's impossible to discuss Crimea as it was already a part of Russia, and the Russian constitution precluded discussing the fate of any Russian region with anyone else. So, of course, Russia claimed it. Ukraine doesn't think that they have it. So there's another stalemate. This looks like something that could go on. I mean, um, what happened between Russia and Japan, 1945? I mean, what's like 80 plus years? Same deal over those islands. So one of the factors in yesterday's negotiation was the fact that UK had to be a guarantor. This is coming from Ukraine. So the deputy prime minister has actually now stated that his country isn't ready to become a guarantor of Ukraine's independence as part of the proposal. He stated Ukraine is not a NATO member. So they don't feel obligated to actually help if anything were actually happen to Ukraine with these proposals. They probably should have asked Ukraine, that is, they probably should have asked UK, Canada, uh, all, all the countries that they named, Germany, everybody, before they actually put this out there. Apparently they hadn't. I think there's a little bit of line of communication problem between the two countries, actually three countries. So anyway, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. I'm going to state this publicly, that it is highly likely that the Russians are stalling to regroup and make a push elsewhere in the country. I also believe that they're utilizing this right now to say that their stage one of their offensive is now over with. They actually are going to regroup and then push into and try to take the Donbass region and try to push through there, which I don't know why they didn't in the beginning. Don't really know, but I'm going to say that right now. I think that's what's going on. I've said this multiple times in the last few episodes. I believe they have extremely thinned out their resources in their line in the Northwest region. And they've realized they've lost. And this is the best way for them to actually pull back and regroup and wave the white flag without actually waving the white flag. You know what I mean? In this area, they know they've lost it. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'll actually show you on the map. So this is the area that I'm talking about. You guys can see this black line that runs all the way through. Actually, I'm just going to go ahead and circle it. 
So these, or just draw a weird shape around it. <laughs> but that black line you guys see right there, this one right here, these are the supply routes that run on this side of the country. I told you guys maybe a week ago, I said, if they do not secure these things, they're going to lose the entire Northeast region. And we're seeing them pull out of the Northeast region. They literally have elements, which I will talk about here, inside of Priluki and outside of Romney. They have two battalion-sized elements on every on each side. So that's roughly... 1,500 to 2,000 men just inside this area, but they have 8,000 men or so that are in between the two logistical routes, right? I don't know if you guys know that or not. So there's roughly 10,000 men in this one area and they're not really doing anything. They're not going on the offensive. They're really just holding these areas for no reason. But you know, if the Russians were actually serious and uh, about what they had stated yesterday, they wouldn't have been even staging the men inside of Gommel to keep staging even more and more. And I've seen them stage more men inside of the Chernobyl region. And I have video footage of that as of right now. Matter of fact, there's actually multiple videos which I'm about to show you um, of this right here. This is this is this is them staging and actually regrouping and, and adding more men to their to the area up here just north of Chernihiv. This video brought to you by Manscaped.com, the global provider for men's grooming products that you like to, well, make sure your nether regions are smelling good and fresh for your lady friends or your man friends, whichever. I don't really care what you have, but it'll be fresh. So Manscaped offers the best tools for your balls, body, and butt. If you guys are looking for liquid formations, like these things to spread all over yourself, or if you need to, you know, shave the inside of your nose or your ear holes, don't worry. They got you covered, literally. You shove this in there, right up in your nostril, you won't have any hair. Your balls smell? Don't worry. Lather them up with some stuff from Manscaped. I promise you. They'll smell nice and tasty. You know, I kind of regret using tasty and balls in the same sentence, so we're just going to go ahead and go with that. That was weird. <laughs> So this is Manscaped fourth generation waterproof trimmer. Look at that, little LED lights. So you know when you're up inside your nether regions, you can't see those little crevasses you need to get the hairs out of? Don't worry. And it's got advanced skin technology to stop it from nicks and cutting your sack because you do not like that. You need this in your life. So as you know, it's got a cordless charging system, which you saw me gracefully pull off earlier, and it has a 90-minute battery. So if you're like Sasquatch and you have to trim your entire body, it's got enough juice. And if you're worried about this thing going off in your bag, you know when you go through TSA pre-check and all of a sudden you hear like a like a weird vibrating sound inside, you don't have to worry about that, because guess what? It's got a travel lock mode, so it doesn't sound like you got a vibrator just ripping through TSA. So I promise this box came a lot better looking, but I, I'm, a, I'm a guy, I ripped through it, Manscaped, sent all this stuff, this is actually from their performance package, 4.0, it's got a ton of stuff in it, I mean, I'm just, it's just loaded down with a bunch of goodies. So I'm telling you guys, you need to go to manscaped.com right now to get 20% off, use code SPEAK20 to get 20% off and free international shipping and two free gifts, two, dose, two, yes, I spoke a little Spanish right there, two. So also included inside this performance kit, I'm going to tell you guys two things I never knew I even needed in my life. Ball deodorant, crop preserver, and crop reviver ball toner. If you want those things to be sucked up and tight, 
Don't worry, put the toner and the reviver on your sack. It'll do you wonders. Promise you guys, go check this out. I'll be linked at the very top of the description. Use the code SPEAK20 to save 20% off international shipping. And you guys get two free gifts. You guys get these nut huggers, I love to call them. Boxer briefs, anti-chafing. So if you want to do a lot of watts, you don't have to worry about that. And you get this nice handy-dandy little bag here. I love these little bags. I put all the stuff inside of it. So make sure you go check them out. Go to manscaped.com right now. Use the code SPEAK20 to save 20% off and get international shipping for free with your two free gifts. Get them. Tone up those sacks, ladies. Well, I guess you, we're not gonna go there. Tone up those sacks, grab your weed whacker, grab your lawnmower and get to just ripping away. All right, thank you so much to Manscaped for sponsoring this video. Go check them out. Like I said, it'll be linked in the top description. I do love you guys. Let's get back to it. So the Russians are doing nothing more than taking this time to actually stage their troops and regroup. I've also seen this indications that their large troop buildup happening inside of the Chernobyl region, directly north of Kiev, actually. That northwest side, you know, they've lost Urpin over the last 24 hours, 48 hours they've lost that, which we're going to see some video footage of that here in a second. But we know that that area up there, they know one of the main routes that goes down into Ivankov. That is their main logistical hub inside of Ivankov. If you guys don't know where that's at, guess what? I can show you. So here's Ivankiv right there, square with the X in it. That is their logistical hub for the northwest side of Kiev. Now, where they've been staging is up here in this Chernobyl region, up here, still on this main route. Belograd, as you guys do know, is just north of here. I don't know if this map's going to show it. It is. Okay. It's going to be right here. Or excuse me, Gommel. Gommel. Belograd's on the eastern side. My apologies. But Gommel is right here. So Gommel's one of the areas where we just saw those videos from, and that is one of their staging routes that they're pushing down into Chernihiv and into that northwestern side of Kiev on those routes. So Belograd is on the other side and Belograd was hit. I don't know if you guys know this. Belograd is just uh, north of uh, Kharkiv. And that is one of the areas that has been just hit by Ukrainian missiles over the last 12 hours. And yes, they have hit a munitions depot just on the inside border. And there was two towns inside of Russia, inside of Russia that were actually hit by Ukrainian rockets. So yes, the Ukrainians have gone on the offensive outside of Kharkiv and actually are starting to, I'm not going to say they're pushing into Russia, but they're actually showing that they can hit Russian targets within that country from Ukraine. This is kind of crazy, by the way. There's also indications that Putin is actually being misinformed by his advisors about how badly the Russian military is currently performing and how Russian economy is being crippled currently by the sanctions. I, I could actually see this being a thing. We, we spoke about this two days ago about one of his closest allies and, and rich billionaires inside this inside of Russia was actually poisoned. His face was peeling off. His hands were peeling. He was bleeding from the eye, like a bunch of crazy stuff. Yes, I can, I can imagine why no one want to say, hey, you know what, Putin, we're actually not doing nearly as good. But clearly they would be too afraid to. And one of the reasons for this actually being believable is the fact that he didn't even know. He didn't even know. Putin didn't even know his military was actually using conscripts and losing conscripts in Ukraine. Uh, showing a clear breakdown in the flow of accurate information to Putin himself. So that's one thing to actually keep note of. I, I can see it being plausible, like a real thing. You know, if you think about it, like who do, who wants to go tell one of the biggest, baddest dictators in history, a KGB, KGB's history, like, hey, you know, we're not doing as good as we're, we thought. That's why they're utilizing this time and say, you know what? Phase one is done. We're not, we're not giving up. We're just, we're just using this time to reorganize and regroup and push through a different portion of the country, which we probably should have done at the very beginning. Last bit of news before we move on here is uh, China. Oh, China. So China has actually stated that they are ready to work with Russia to take China-Russia relations to a higher level in a new era. In a new era. So don't really know what that means. So there you go. China-Russia relations are getting a little bit better as the world seems to be crumbling around us. All right. So we're going to move into Kiev. So we know that Urban. Urban, urban, urban. 
Urban down over here. So Urban Hostamel. So Urban was taken, excuse me, but Hostamel and Butcher are currently in a big, I guess you would say, firefight for this, this area, for this controlled area. And if you guys are new, so the red triangles are really fortified, heavily defensive areas for the Russian military, and blue is going to be Ukrainian. So the Ukrainian forces have been pushing, and I think they've been, they need to continue to go on the assault they're doing right now. I think when you have the enemy on their heels, and they're having to backpedal, and actually, it, it's so hard to get set up in a defensively held position when you are being assaulted at the same time and taking high casualties like they have been. So now, Bordyanka is one of the weak areas of the Russian military in this area right now. So right through here, I do believe, I do believe the Ukrainians over the next 24 to 48 hours will take Bordyanka, and if they can do that, that'll give them the ability to penetrate through the backside, if at possible, of the Russian force uh, area right there. Now, the big deal, we took spoke about this many times, is this main route that goes up. This one right here. Like, they need that route. If they can control this route, just anywhere on this route, if they can get an, uh, an assaulting force through there, especially maybe even a key area like this where this crossroad is, if the Ukrainian forces can somehow take this area, then this will be crippling for getting logistical supplies down to the men that are stuck right now trying to hold the ground in Kip. The Russian forces, they may say that they're not... They're not um, shelling and, and making more advancements. They are. They have been. They actually have intensified in certain areas. So that's why I said, do not believe what the Russians say. You got to follow more of their actions. And right now, it's, it's not really the case. But I would like to show you guys some, some footage of the aftermath of Irpin inside of the city itself from the reason, I guess you would say, liberation. So here is that. So this area is not an area that the Russians will be able to push through, we know, because mainly due to the fact that it is, it's flooded. And I have it annotated right there on the map. So most of the stuff that's going to happen is going to be through this area. If anything, they might be able to push south. They may be able to push south and or southwest. As I'm making this video, they're not making any advances anywhere inside the city. They're actually just trying to hold the ground that they've taken and not lose anymore. I mean, they've been here for 30 days and have not been able to advance past Urban. So that's a big deal. So we're going to move up to Chernihiv. All right, so Chernihiv, there's a lot going on up here. Ukrainian forces have actually reported that Russian units haven't conducted a single assault on the city in the last 24 hours. They've actually noted that they're shifting from, from more of an offensive posture to a defensive posture and have been extending their defensive line along the Snow River. So we know yesterday up here, this, this town of Snovesk, I believe is how you, you pronounce it. I'm sure I jacked it up. We know that the, the Ukrainian forces have witnessed the Russian forces pushing back up through there and they pulled back and they're halted pretty much on the backside of this river. So I annotated the river with the red dots because I know when you're zoomed out, you're not able to see it very well. So they're actually setting up defensive lines in, on this river. So that's a good, that's actually a good thing. They have this thing all the way back to the Viking era, like all the way back, way back then. Using these kind of, um, I guess you would say, a river is, is, is another, is an obstacle, okay? It clearly is an obstacle for either side of the forces to get through. So now they're setting up on the backside of this and setting up defensively held positions on this entire thing, in which I've actually annotated it even down here on the southern end on areas where I think they actually might set up on this river as well. Mainly one of the reasons this main route that runs out of here and the one that runs out of here. They're going to have bridges near them. I can see them setting up heavily fortified defensive areas on these routes outside of Chernihiv. So just keep note of that. I've also seen that the town of Mena is not currently surrounded anymore by Russian forces. So I have annotated that on here. They pulled them in back. 
and we've shown a lot of them being pushed up into Belarus to actually refit and regroup. This is not something that's out of the ordinary. I know a lot of people think inside of times of war, it's just 24-7. When I was in Iraq, it wasn't that much. Like We didn't get in firefights that often. Afghanistan, it was roughly about once every other day or every day, every two days. It wasn't every day. Like There's lull in battles, and this is one of the ones right now, but we're seeing them regroup and refit, but they haven't stopped shelling the cities. They've actually amplified it. So there's Chernihiv right there. They've, they've been struggling to keep any type of electricity and heat for the civilians due to critical damage that's been caused by the Russians with regards to shelling. It has also been noted that Russians have been slowly destroying the entire city with the indiscriminate shelling. The mayor of Chernihiv has actually said, this was just as of an hour ago, they actually have, have increased the intensity of strikes and they're actually... Or excuse me, they are currently under a colossal attack that is directly coming from him, uh, the mayor himself. So they, they haven't stopped the attacks. They've actually intensified them, which I could see them doing. You got to also think about if they're pulling men back to regroup, they're going to have to shell the area they're coming from. So then the, the, the assaulting force from the other party, say the Ukrainians, they can't keep pushing through to hit as they are. Essentially, when we were in Afghanistan, if we had to exfil from an area, we would call in air support or we'd get uh, close air to Kazan station and they would uh, follow us out. They would keep like that's the same same kind of scenario where they're shelling the opposing force for not being able to push through as they are maneuvering out. So that is what they're doing. And I don't think they're going to stop the shelling. I think they're going to intensify it over the next 48 hours, maybe even three days. So they can demoralize the Ukrainian forces in these areas and then possibly push back through. But I believe the eastern side of the country is the big deal. So we're going to move over to Sumy. So we're over here in Sumy. So there's, there's, there's been a lot going on, which this is one of the, the failed operations of the Russian, uh, I guess, conflict, you should say. They should have taken Sumy out the gate. Day two, day three, they should have pushed through and taken it instead of trying to advance. They thought they were going to take Kivs. This is what, what some people don't realize. They thought they were going to take it in a couple days. Now, that's why they kept pushing their forward, or the forces forward so fast and thinning them out because they thought they could take and liberate or take over all these towns so quick. They haven't taken a big one in the north at all, not a single large one. The Russians have actually seemed to either accept the fact they've been defeated in this area or they're simply just moving battalions with the men out and shifting them east, which I will tell you guys right now. And I believe they're shifting them east because right now you have the first guards tank army has actually moved several BTGs, which is equivalent to a battalion, worth of men out of Sumy. Plus, there's also been reports that the 20th Guards Combined Army has been seen moving west to east on the northern route and with a rough, like this is huge element, roughly 12 to 15 times or battalion-sized element on this northern route. So they're assuming, so they've been moving east to west right here. So we're going to say they're going from here this way. The 20th Guards Combined Army is moving west to east on this main upper route, moving out of the northwestern, or excuse me, northeastern side of Ukraine. I promise you, you're going to see them go down into that, uh, down over towards Kharkiv or down over there, uh, that area and try to push through there. That is going to be the, the maneuver that the Russians are going to be doing over the next week or so. They're going to be trying to push out of there because they're realizing they may take Mariupol over the next week or so. And if they're able to do that, then they can solidify and take all these men over there and then push all the way north. And I feel like I said this about two weeks ago, so I have no idea if there's a Russian person general watching these videos that has absolutely no idea what he's doing he's like you know what i'm gonna listen to that random i'm gonna listen to that random guy in america because we have no idea what we're doing oh i hope not all right actually fuck it wouldn't shock me they have no idea what they're doing so a few days ago we spoke about uh, an assaulting element that was coming out of kharkiv and it came through here out of kharkiv and went through 
uh, they went through the south side of Mali Rohan or Mahalaya Rohan. So it actually pushed through, and I, I spoke about this, them taking the extra, extra ground and actually pushing more northern, which they have. And they've actually solidified even more ground in Chuihiv, and actually there's an element that's actually moving out of the, uh, excuse me, the eastern side of Chuihiv and pushing this way, more southeastern towards Izium. But that is going on currently as we're making this video. But I have some, some footage, footage I want to show you coming out of Mala Rohan uh, of, the, of the aftermath of that assault. Ну, вот тут была победа. За бабуся деду сам он и расхерячивается солом. Я, я поехал на это самое, на мост. Я сказал там своим, они... Then we're going to move down to Izium now. So Izium is, is just about the same as it's been over the last week. I thought they were going to lose this area. They haven't. It, they've solidified their ability to actually hold ground. It's, this isn't a major city. I mean, this really isn't. It's not like Severn Nadesk or Kharkiv or Sumy. This is, this is Izium. It, it was just a key critical ground due to the fact of where it lays. It's, strategic, it's strategically an area that both sides need. Now, Izium has been under extreme and heavy fighting, and I have some video footage of an aftermath of an ambush that was set up by the Ukrainian forces for you guys right here. Вот что бывает с кацапскими танками, которые, блядь, заехали на территорию Украины. Сносят нахуй башни. А некоторые, у которых башня не слетела, мы просто возьмем и спиздим. Вон их сколько, блядь, раз, вон там два... That being said, the Russian forces have pushed through and taking the town of Terin, which I have it annotated for you guys right here. So Terni, excuse me, Terni. So here's Terni right here. So Terni was actually taken. The Russian forces have pushed through. Now, this is kind of a big deal if you guys look at it. With that, they're going to give themselves a little bit of access to the, to the, to the western side of um, Severe Nadesk and Crimea. So these forces that have actually pushed through, if you guys can see, there's a main route that comes through the southern side right here. So they could actually do utilize that or they could push down and hit this main route and then start putting pushing more easternly. I do believe they're going to try to pinch off all the Ukrainian forces inside of this area because we know Rubazine, they control the northern side. The Ukrainians do control the southern side, which I'm going to clean it up for you guys. This is right here. So there's Rubazine. This is one of the areas that they've been trying to attempt to take for the last week or so. They need to get this area. This is big for the Russians. If they can take this area, they can utilize the men that have been here, leave back um, a rear force to actually just maintain control of the city and then push. That's what they're going to do down in Mariupol. That's what we're going to see here as well. Russian forces have controlled that side for a bit. So we're going to move down. Actually, I'm just going to go ahead and put a star. All these areas you guys see right here have been hit over the last 24 hours, actually more or less last 12 hours by Ukrainian rockets, missiles, artillery, everything you can possibly think of has hit these areas over the last 12 hours, which is, which is kind of an indication that they're, that they're thinking they're going to take Mariupol here very soon and which they would, might actually be able to rotate these forces and push more north. Because a lot of the men that are down in Mariupol, I believe, are going to be the more experienced fighters. They have the Chechnyans who are just wild. They're down in here in the southeastern side. But right now, Mariupol is still controlled. I, I say still controlled. That's a bad way to put it. There's still an, a couple elements of Ukrainian forces inside of the city that are fending off the Russian attack that's coming in. So, all right, we're going to push more westernly. 
Last bit of this video is actually going to be in Mecca Live. I like to kind of rotate myself around the country as we're as we're talking now. A lot's going on. If you guys look at the map, you guys remember there was a Russian force in this area. And I told you, I do recall telling you guys this yesterday, they won't be there very long. And they haven't been. They've actually been completely liberated and removed from this side of Ukraine. I, I, I'm fairly confident they pulled back. We spoke about this yesterday. I, if you guys followed the episodes, I believe they're going to hit this main route and then link up with their rear element down here, which I'm fairly confident they're doing. Uh, but if you guys know in, in this town of Sykovika, anyway, that town right there, we know that there's a Ukrainian force that liberated this town three days ago, and now there's an assaulting element that's actually pushing southerly. The Ukrainian forces are actually pushing into Kyrgyzstan. There was some video footage I've seen of boats, like Russian boats, setting up on this main river right here. So this main river, the Dnieper River that goes all the way through here, I will tell you guys right now, I saw photos of Russian boats on this bridge. That bridge right there. So if we ever see in the next... 48 hours, five days, six days, whatever it is. If that bridge somehow collapses, that bridge was rigged and it was, it was made to collapse for a certain reason. If we see the Russian forces, if I think they're setting up for the fact if Kirsten gets taken back by the Ukrainians, I think they're setting up for them to stall their ability to get back across that river and to allow them to exfil from this area. So keep note of that. Please keep note of that. I believe that's going to happen. I believe the Ukrainian forces are going to continue to push towards Kirsten, which I have said this a few times. And I believe they're going to push them back on the backside of Kirsten, and then they're going to blow this bridge, not allow them to pass. So I hope you guys did enjoy this video over here on the channel. Hey, I know I'm in a different location. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me.